Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, to what I think is going to be an absolutely exciting and fascinating edition of Training Unleashed. We're going to talk about something today that I don't think most of us really think about, but that is how do we take advantage of workforces in other countries and you know how can we use them to make our work better, easier, etc. And I've got a real expert with me. I've got Daniel Ramsey. He's with a company called My Out Desk. And he helps companies do this all the time, and he is amazingly successful at it. And I can tell you, as a person who has utilized people overseas, uh, it is an art. Okay, it is not. It is not something one just does. Um, so let me let me just start with the the first question. Uh, you know, why in the world would somebody want? to hire a, a virtual person that's overseas to help and support uh, their training efforts? Well, that's a great question, Evan, and I appreciate you uh, for asking. Back in the 1970s and 80s, large corporations, the Fortune 500s, they started outsourcing. And, you know, my own father, which is crazy, um, I, I actually just realized this maybe three or four years ago, but my own father lost his job to NAFTA when the North American free trade thing happened. The factory that he worked out actually in California moved to Mexico. And like as a kid, I, I had no idea what was really going on, but I was going through some old um, photos and I found a photo of my dad working for Jeramac, which was like an old shampoo company, right? And, and yeah. his job went to Mexico. And so the world has been outsourcing businesses that are large, you know, the Fortune 2000 around the world, right? They've been outsourcing since the 70s and 80s. But what's happened recently, because of platforms like Zoom and other kind of, you know, upgrades in our connectivity as, as a world, um, the world is flat, so to speak. And now SMBs, small and medium-sized businesses, can actually take advantage of outsourced labor. And if you can think about it like this, a soda in California costs two bucks when you all break it down, right? Most of the rest of the world, it's 50 cents. And so why wouldn't you look not only to save a buck, you know, as an, as an entrepreneur or a leader or in your case, a training professional, but also get high caliber talent that is very niche to the things that you need in your business? Well, you know, I, I you alluded to Thomas Friedman's book, The World is Flat. That's right. And I, I think the reality is um, the world is changing and people need to, people need to be ahead of the, cur the, the curve, not behind the curve. Um, I think that the reason why a lot of people are afraid of outsourcing mm -hmm. is they're concerned about, you know, what if I get a bad person? Will I have language issues? Will I have time issues? And, and I make the assumption you solve those kind of problems. Um, but, you know, why don't you, you know, talk about those concerns and what companies can do to, to kind of address them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, Evan, we've, we've been in business for 12 years and we've, we actually have hired over 5,000 folks to help businesses grow and scale. That's kind of our niche is if you're growing and scaling and you need leverage, that's what we do. 
And what's wild about that is most online like virtual assistant companies, and I told you a little bit about this earlier, but I consider them dating sites like Upwork, Fiverr. These are all dating sites. And if you think about my outdesk specifically, we're a marriage site. So what we do is our clients come to us for three reasons. They need more prospecting. So we have sales prospecting folks. They need more marketing. So we have marketing like coordinators or design coordinators. Or operationally, they need administrative assistance. So we, we have those three people uh, or those three products per se. And what we do is we do all of the vetting. Like we do an FBI grade background check. We'll check their references. We verify that they have great internet connection. We verify that their computer is new. We go through a really, really thorough vetting process so that when you find a match, when you interview somebody face-to-face, like you and I are right now on a Zoom call, uh, that, that actually goes really well for you. And you find a long-term employee who can help you grow and, and really build a business. Sounds... Uh First off, it makes complete sense to me. Yep. Let's talk about the language issues. Yeah, sure. So what we're used to serving and is, number one, we, we, we got our start in the real estate space. So if you go to our site, we're heavy real estate. But we've also started in the last three years or so serving franchises and insurance brokers and a lot of different types and styles of business. And what is universal across all of them is they demand perfect English. And so our, our structure, the normal call center structure is you hire a leader and then you put three to five newbies underneath him. Now the leader is the one who's talking to the client, right? And so you think everything's going well, but the leader through, you know, they'll be in the office, they'll tap the brand new person on the shoulder and say, Hey, do this project. And then it, something's lost. You know, you ever play, play that game like telephone? Where you know, look at, look at, I can totally relate with you because yep. there are times I've engaged to hire and do technology overseas. Yep. And you communicate with one person who mm-hmm. then communicates to the team. Yeah. And as, as we like to joke, it's sadistic because they give you exactly what you ask for, not what you need. That's right. Because, right. because there are cultural issues. And we're in the United States, and we should talk about the cultural issues a little bit. In the United States, people are taught when they see something, it could be better to say, hey, I see something, it could be better. Um, over there, it's yep. more like, you know, you asked me to do this, this is what I do. Right. Um, so I'm so happy. Evan, here, here's, what, here's the difference between what we do and what most outsourcers or most like online platforms do is we actually hire the manager. So we hire the person, the high level person who is college education, have they've worked in a kind of an outsourcing role before where they've they've actually had to deal with North American clients who by the way culturally we're crazy like Americans and and Canadians we're aggressive we want it now we don't explain ourselves you know so culturally uh you know and I don't get me wrong I love you know where we live but in order to work with somebody in the Philippines, there's two things. You need really great talent, which we help you with. And then you need to have very clear outcomes. So Evan, this will help clean up you know, your listeners. If somebody's thinking about doing this, when you start, the, the, the more you describe the outcome of where you'd like to go, the better chances you're going to get the product that you need out of, out of a virtual assistant. Yeah. 
So, so let me tell you what I'm guilty of. <laughs> uh oh, it's a confession. It's a if confession. You're right now, we're getting a confession. Uh, I have hired people that yeah. are out of the country, mm-hmm. and because I've hired them and they're out of the country, I haven't actually treated them like they're a member of the team. Yeah. And I haven't trained them. I haven't, you know, <laughs> it's terrible as I sit here and say it. But let's just talk about this. Okay, so. I decide that I want to I want to go with somebody, and you know what do I do? How do I ensure success? That's a great question, and and you know what the number one thing you can do, especially if you work with one of our folks at my outdesk. But the number one thing you can do is send them a shirt. Like I have a right now. If if you're watching this, and if you're listening, I have a company shirt on. It says "Be you, be real, be fierce." Like that's part of our kind of I don't know. It's kind of what we think here, you know, go after it if you want it. And, um, you know, so send them a company shirt, include them on meetings, you know, through zoom, they can join in the meeting and actually be a part of it and start to understand your culture and your mission and vision. You know, one thing that's crazy, and I love what you do because, you know, we train our clients to put their origin story into their training upfront for their virtual assistant. Like, how did you get started in this business? What caused you to decide that you want to be X, Y, and Z in, in this business world, you know? And then share that story with your virtual assistant. Make sure you have your core values. Make sure you have your business plan. Let them marinate on what it is you do. And then conversely, the other mistake is don't hire somebody that's not done that before. So if you need a prospector, you're going to come to my outdesk and we're going to get you a prospector. If you need a marketing person, we're going to get you a marketing person. But the mistake people make is they go online and they're like, I need a marketing person. And some guy raises his hands up, I'll market for you. And the reality is you've never actually checked their quality of marketing or their quality of prospecting. And I think that's another area that we really serve our clients at a high level is just verifying that this person has a been there, done that kind of person. You know, I forgot to ask this earlier, but how about the hours of work? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and here's what um, we do. I, I, the first time, so Evan, this is a funny story. The first time I go over to the Philippines, it's early in the morning. It's like 6 a.m. I'm getting off the plane because it's an overnight uh, flight from San Francisco. So we land at like 5 a.m. and I'm driving to my hotel. And I'm, I'm with one of our virtual assistants who met me at the, at the airport and was taking me to a hotel. And I'm like, hey, what's with all of these bars? Like there was tons of people coming in and out of the bars and it was just like a hot, I mean, it was a hot mess in downtown Manila, which is where, we, where I was staying. And she's like, they work their nights so they can be available during our business hours. So we have clients in Canada and on the East Coast, wherever, whatever time frame um, you need. You know, one craziness is we have a client who wants 6 a.m., to 8 p.m. coverage. So we actually have three virtual assistants answering the phone, directing traffic, as I like to say, for a franchise. And it's so they can get coverage so that the folks in their office, and we haven't even really talked about this. You know, Evan, I coined a statement. It's called compound leverage. Have you ever heard heard of that no. being in the training world? Go ahead, share it with us. Uh, yeah, it's compound leverage. Okay, so if you're listening right now and you're thinking, well, Daniel's crazy, I like Evan, but I don't think I'm going to hire a virtual assistant. Here's the why and here's what really matters. So as a, as a pr- 
a business professional or a training professional, your day is so jam-packed with emails, with calls, with meetings, and sometimes you get distracted doing the most important work. Think about it like this, the work that only you can do as the professional in your business, right? So a virtual assistant can take off all the stuff that are non-productive for you, all the stuff that really don't, doesn't turn the needle or, or deliver the, the product for the client or really make the impact in the organization that you want. And that's what we do. So if you hire a virtual assistant and let's say you get half of your day back, let's say you, you push all the tasks that are non-productive onto a virtual assistant, and then you take that half that you get back and you pour it back into your work, we call that compound leverage because that'll compound on itself over time. Interesting. Very cool. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting you talk about them working the same time and I've exper experienced it. Uh, one thing I've done is I've hired technical people, which I know is not your thing. Nope. And one of the cool things about hiring technical people is when your getting day gets done, you hand off to them. When you show up the next day, there's been progress made while you sleep, which is kind of cool. Yeah, um, totally. And you know, the other thing is, I mean, imagine if you could design the ideal work day, like what would that be like? I mean, there's, there's this other concept of where you just go through your day. We have this, um, framework. It's called the sticky challenge. Because Evan, a lot of people come to us and say, Daniel, I like what you said, but I'm not sure what I should outsource or what I should hire a virtual assistant for. So we have this framework where if you take, if you have a set of stickies and you just follow yourself around with a pen all day long, and then you write on one side is like dollar productive. I'm doing really important client work. And on the other side, it's just busy work, right? Stuff that I'm not, I shouldn't be doing and it's really not the most important work. And you just follow yourself around all day long and then you kind of get this list. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, tortal.net. So let's talk about culture. Yeah. And, you know, you started off talking about your dad. Yeah. I, I, I suspect he wasn't happy um, when that happened. Yep. Uh, I also suspect things ended up okay, but you, you, you never know. Um, but, you know, what happens in the, you know, what should you expect in the office? What are people going to say, feel, you know, are people going to be upset? Are they going to feel like you're taking, you know, jobs away from, you know, from other Americans or uh, things of that nature? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I have a friend who is in Sacramento, California, which is where we're based. We have about 15 employees. So Evan, you and I have about the same amount of U.S.-based employees. And um, what's wild about him is he's a tennis player and he needed a new set of sneakers, you know? And so, and I knew he was like, he's a hundred percent adverse to outsourcing and he was like, buy American, buy American. And so he calls me up because he knows I'm an outsourcer. I, I help people get virtual assistants. So, and this is like, 15, well, 12, 13 years ago, because this is when I first started doing it. He calls me up and he's 
super upset, Evan, like silly upset because he can no longer find a U.S. made sneaker. He just couldn't buy them. Like it just yeah. doesn't exist anymore. Now, that's not the norm. Um, that wasn't the norm until it was the norm. And so I think as the world changes and as work becomes more and more, you know, fluid and, and technology increases, I think we're going to be doing, instead of Zoom calls, we're going to be doing, you know, calls where you're in my office virtually and we're sitting down at a table and it's just a projection, a hollow, you know, hologram. I mean, the future is now. I mean, if you're listening and saying, well, I don't want to take jobs away, that, I don't want you to either. But I, what I want you to do is I want to get your U.S. people to be really hyper productive and have them give away all their calendar management, their email follow-ups, all the stuff that doesn't drive the business or the franchise or the mission so that, so that we can do that work and you can do more of the work that really matters. Well, I think you really are touching on it, Daniel. Because it isn't really about costing jobs, it's really about saving jobs. Yep. Because we're competing in, you know, in a flat world and other organizations are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And if your organization is going to be sustainable and profitable, you need to be efficient. And I like how you talk about the compounding and that you know, taking advantage and, you know, taking and having the staff in the U.S. do the things that they're best at doing um, so that you know, the company, the organization can compete, thrive, and everybody can keep their jobs, you know, as opposed to an organization that sits back and says, okay, the world's flat. The world's not flat. The flat, least me, going back to like from the Columbus day, you know, when Christopher Columbus says, hell, going back, right. you know, not recognizing the change, not recognizing the world has changed, you know, and, you know, the buggy whip manufacturer that doesn't see the need to, to adjust. Right. Um, that we need, we need to adjust. Yeah. Um, so we're going to run out of time, but I'm going to give you a softball before I go into the other questions. If someone wants to start, what's the best kind of job to start with? Well, you know, administrative assistant, about half of our people, so around 600 of our folks are, you know, in the in somebody's calendar, in their email, scheduling appointments, answering the phone, doing basic project management for somebody like yourself or me. Like that's a huge, that's a huge, easy lob up, you know, from a, from a perspective of get help now, because if you don't have an assistant, that means you're saying you're only worth 10 or 15 bucks an hour. Um, because you're do you're currently doing your own work. So if, you know, in your world, training professionals, like if you could add one more client a month, or if you could get one more job out of your existing clients, I mean, what would that do for your overall revenue? I mean, that's a big deal. So that's the number one spot. Number one, you know, focus on driving more projects, more jobs, more revenue for your business and do that by offloading some of your administrative tasks. Um, and then number two, you know, it's always about, you know, growing revenue. That's the most important thing for any business, regardless of what your particular job title is. Prospecting, talking to clients, servicing clients, you know, that's what a business is about. So that's the second place to kind of go. Cool. You know, you mentioned something very briefly in there, which is pay expectations. Yeah. 
Uh, and I think people maybe have a misconception that it's like much cheaper than it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what is a typical compensation for a virtual assistant? Yeah, what's cool is I'm going to give you market stats and then I'll talk about what we do. E- virtual assistants range. I mean, you can find somebody in India, for instance, who can do data processing for four or five bucks. Um, what we do is we provide high caliber talent. So our folks, our folks are actually $21,000 a year. And that includes like medical, we do two, vacation time, we, we give them, there's two conferences, like we're about to, you know, start planning for our uh, New Year's kickoff party. So every year we do a kickoff. Um, and so we do a lot of stuff to kind of serve and help our virtual assistants become effective for our clients. Um, but you know, if you just need a data entry, you can go really cheap in India. Um, but if you wanted, you know, somebody to really drive your business, um, I would, I would, I would say hire a virtual professional from my outdesk. Cool. Okay. So we know we got, you got an offer. Yeah. We all, we, you know, we, we would all love to hear it. Uh, and I would just say, uh, to people, um, you know, I don't know if you have a need or you don't have a need. But if you do have a need, um, you're much better off working with a person like Daniel who actually knows what they're doing Um, because there are tons of websites and you go out there, but, you know, it's going to be 20 to 1 odds of finding the right person. So it's it's worth paying more. uh, And I also think it's important, you know, to to recognize that you're going to be paying somebody a living wage where they live. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, you don't, I, I personally, you know, don't want to take advantage of people and, and, and pay them a subliving wage. Um, so, and so anyhow, what's your, what's your, uh, what is your offer? Well, here's the thing. You'll laugh at this, Evan, because when I first heard of outsourcing, I was a, a small business and, you know, it got brought up and I was like, no, absolutely not. And here's the truth. If you're listening right now and you're like, I like the idea, but I'm not really quite sure. This Daniel guy's kind of crazy. I'm going to invite you to get a copy of our free book. So we, I, I just finished a book. It's called Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And we're going to give away an electronic version. And if you're listening, all you have to do is text SVP, so Scale with Virtual Professionals, SVP, to 31996 and you'll get an electronic version of that book right then and there. One more time slowly. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so it's S and then V as in Victor and then P as in Paul. So SVP, if you text those three letters to 31996, you'll get an electronic copy of our book where basically, and Evan, you can probably you know identify with this, 12 years in, 5,000 people, you know, hired for businesses like you. And um, I've learned a lot. You know, I've learned a ton. And actually, I put my heart and soul into this book because I know your audience, my audience, everybody needs more information before they take that next leap. And And I, we package this thing up so you would fully understand all of the opportunities, what our process is, and how to actually move forward the right way. Cool. You know, I think it's a great offer because I think it would help people really understand. So uh, thank you. And, uh, you know, we always end with, if you had one tip, what would your one tip be? Start thinking about the most important work 
that needs done um, right now. Like, you know, um, execution is such a big deal for business. And um, most people, you know, set goals and 90% of the time, uh, those goals don't get reached. And if you look at your day and start controlling your calendar and start thinking, what is the most important work and what can I give away? I mean, that's my, that's my number one tip. I can't tell you how many multi-million dollar businesses we've helped double or triple over a short time frame because they took that one thing and applied it to their business. Excellent advice. Well, I want to thank you and I want to thank our listeners for listening today. Everyone have a fantastic day. Thanks for having me, Evan. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.